Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 999, my interview with Dr. Fred Domenico. We're discussing his book, You Are More Powerful Than You Think. Enjoy. G'day, Dr. Fred. Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. Great to have you here. Thanks, sir. It's a great pleasure, and uh, we'll create a great experience today. Yeah, mate. Looking forward to it. Where are you coming from? Coming Where are you from at? Newport Beach, California. California. In the sunshine by the ocean. Dr. Fred Di Domenico, um, Italian surname? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, me too. What um, and what do you do with yourself, mate? Tell us a bit about your your profession there. Well, I, I I'm a chiropractor. I started as a chiropractor. I definitely knew that that was a life purpose. I mean, growing up, yeah. I grew up in an you know I love your name, Martin Uzi. You know, I grew up in a very immigrant Italian home, so. Um, you know, very Catholic, but uh, we learned how to have a relationship with God, which was important. So I felt like I was here for a purpose that was kind of, I don't know if it was instilled or very innate. So when I found chiropractic, I knew that was my purpose. Hmm. And so that was such a strong foundation that spirituality was such a strong foundation because, you know, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business or even just in life. That gave me such a strong foundation because so many things happen. They're so stressful. And it it just gave me the confidence that I knew no matter what was outside of me or how big of the mountain was that was outside of me that I knew I could get through it. I mean, it may not have felt good, but I knew there was always something better on the other side. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so that gave me a strong foundation. And then, you know, I noticed people – my patients would say, Dr. Fred, you're always so positive and happy. You know, you know what your purpose is. And they would say, I don't know what my purpose is. And they would look sad. Mm. And I would feel kind of, I would feel compassion. But, you know, then you just kind of go on your thing. And then my second wife, uh, I was divorced first time. My second wife ended up coming down with cancer. Mm. And she, she really didn't want to go through the fight. So about three weeks before she died, she was taking a bath. And we were planning her life celebration service. And then all of a sudden she started sobbing out loud, you know, not like crying. I mean, she was crying, almost howling, crying. And I said, sweetheart, what's wrong? And the next thing she said changed my life for the rest of my life. Hmm. And she said, I don't know if I did what I was supposed to do in this life. Hmm. And the, and the weight of sadness that I felt was almost being a chiropractor was almost spine crushing, right? Uh, I mean, it was such a heavy weight on my heart. Yet a few moments later, I felt the contrast that I was. And then a very loud voice, like I'm talking to you in my head said, no one in my life will ever say that to me again. hmm. And so after she passed, I began on a more accelerated spiritual journey really for kind of selfish reasons, not to, not to go out and change the world, but now I'd already been divorced. Now my wife had passed away yeah, and I just really wanted to be a great man that would attract the most amazing woman that I could have an amazingly loving life. Like all of a sudden that just became my highest value and priority. Yeah. So, um, I began on this spiritual evolution and about five years later, I was trying to develop a six-step rehab system because now I started coaching chiropractors. Yeah. And uh, the acronym HEALED came on me. 
Right. And then I started getting all these visions that this is a spiritual and emotional healing system. And so spiritual and emotional writing, healing, yeah, okay. Yep. So I started writing the book, You're More Powerful Than You Think. I had no idea what I was going to write. But I knew the healed system started with tapping into our innate divinity. You know, where spirits have any human experience, where they were divine first, how to clear of all the pain of our past, and how to find, live, discover, live, and fulfill our soul purpose, S-O-U-L. Yeah. So I started writing it. I had no idea what I was going to write, but I had to live it. I was definitely divinely directed through it. Um, it's a culmination. You know, for the previous 25 years, I mean, you know how it is. We, we read all these books, and there's authors and seminars and teleconferences and blah, blah, blah. But it felt like pieces of a puzzle. You know when you have a crossword puzzle and you turn the box upside down on your coffee table, and mm. there's just pieces everywhere, but you don't know how to assemble them. Yeah. That's what my spirituality felt like. I had all this knowledge, but I had no idea how to put it in my life. Mm. And so healed became a system. It's a progressive system. If you just follow the steps, yeah, that it will raise your consciousness. So I had to live it, to write it. It completely transformed how I viewed myself. I actually learned to love myself, yeah, uh, clear my past, and uh, become a more clear version of who God created me to be. Mm. And now I've been teaching it for twelve years. Wow. I've taken hundreds of people through it, and we're just about to launch the book and the online system and do all that, bring it out to the world. Gotcha, gotcha. So this healed system you've been you've been doing for some time. Then you've come up with the concept, practice it yourself, and then started introducing and and coaching others with it. Well, it was fascinating because I I coached my chiropractic clients with it. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, we have uh, these two two and a half day experiences. That, yeah, I teach a lot of systems and business and all that chiropractic stuff, but the underlying experience mm. is spiritual. Mm. And I noticed that within 30, within 90 days, their businesses or practices would grow 30 to 50 percent, but they didn't have enough time to implement the systems. Yep. Like I would see people come back and because they shifted their consciousness their practices could grow 20% in the first week and they would sustain it hmm. because their consciousness shifted. And then through that, I mean, I've helped many doctors become millionaires, whatever, you know, create a million dollar practice, but they would all say it wasn't the money that was the most valuable. Their marriages are better. They talk to their kids differently. They have more inner peace. They reach their goals with more joy. There's not as much stress and those people that went through COVID and are going through it, they weren't worried about anything. Even the people that had to shut down their practices, they, they weren't stressed about it mm. because they knew they they knew how to get through it. That nothing outside is bigger than what's inside. So essentially we're, we're looking at a healed system, raising our, our level of consciousness, awareness, um, becoming more mindful. Yeah, no question. That sounds right. I mean, I guess it's a spiritual journey. What? Um, just going back a second, um, this whole idea of purpose and what your your, your late wife said. Um, you know, she doesn't know if she lived into her purpose. What do you feel? It's a question that I often bring up in the show. Do you feel there is this innate purpose in us, or is it something that we find, you know, through the searching? And obviously, the higher our level of awareness, the better we're going to find it. But 
Is it something that's pre-existing or we have to just go out there and find it? Well, my personal belief is, you know, we're spirits first, so we are we are eternal. We're not born. We're born. This body is born and this body will pass, but we're eternal divine beings. So so I believe we come into this life with a predestined purpose. We don't always know what it is. You know, and some people do. I mean, you look at these, you know, you just get on YouTube today and you look at these kids they are like four years old and they're playing rock and roll like the original artists, you know. I mean, you see these teenagers that are playing guitars like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. You hear, you know, it's so funny. And you hear these people, um, kids or whatever, that, that they've always loved to sing or they've always were very dramatic or they were always a musician or they always geared towards Legos and then they become an engineer. You know, we come in with the innate characteristics that are aligned with our purpose, the question is, what process do you have to go through in life to discover it? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because I think, I mean, does purpose change as well? Well, there's no question. Yeah, I mean, my my original purpose was in practice. I mean, I thought I would keel over dead at, you know, whatever, 100 years old adjusting someone. You know, I never thought I'd be doing what I do. So it definitely changes. Changes, And I find a lot of people... They get older, their kids are grown, maybe their marriage with their spouse has grown apart. And I run into people all the time. Mm. They're in their 50s. They've been married for, you know, 28 years. And now they find a new, whether they get divorced or whether, you know, they're not divorced. But then all of a sudden their purpose is apparent. Not that it's over, but now they want to do something for themselves. Or I hear a lot that, People start careers in careers their parents want them to be in. Well, I became a doctor because that's what my dad wanted me to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became a lawyer, but really I I wanted to be a sculptor or I wanted to be an artist or I wanted to be a musician. But, you know, you can't make money being a musician. You know, you hear all these stories all the time. And then, you know, one of the things that uh, questions you ask, what's, what's the definition of success? And success can be determined by the world, you know, and that's what a lot of people do at first. Success is also the enemy of fulfillment Mm. because we can become successful and become complacent, yet we feel like there's something more that we should be doing. Mm. So I look at the difference between success and fulfillment. And to me, fulfillment is related to your purpose. You can be successful and not on your purpose and look around, and I hear this too a lot, that people like, I should feel grateful for everything where I'm at. And they convince themselves that they're happy, yet they have this feeling in their chest they're supposed to be doing something different or something more than the way they're living right now. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of that missing in the world, I think, to many. Well, yeah, and you know, you look at with all this uh, stuff going on in the world, mm. and suicide rate is through the roof. Alcoholism and addiction is through the roof. Domestic violence is through the roof. What are the figures on that? Because I keep hearing this, and I, I don't really look into it, and I should because I'm I'm curious. Do you know any of the like since the COVID pandemic began, what sort of figures we're looking at? I guess it's different country by country, but yeah, certainly I this quote. is shaking a lot of the the mental health of people. Oh, no question. I can't quote the actual accuracy. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, it's interesting. But I do know the CDC quoted that one out of six kids is diagnosed. And this is between 
I believe it's four and ten. Yeah. One out of six is clinically depressed. So that means how many kids are out That's there? Freaking That's freaking crazy. Well, those are diagnosed. That's a shame, isn't it? Well, that doesn't even include the kids that aren't going, aren't going to doctors, right? So that's one in six. The suicide rate um, with kids 10 to 24, young adults, I think has quadrupled. The suicide is the second leading cause mm. under trauma for for death in young adults right now. Yeah, wow. And I have yeah. many parents because of this. I mom's calling me. I got a 22 year old son. I'm worried he's going to kill himself. Can you talk to him? I get these calls. Yeah. Of parents worried about their kids between 18 and 26. What do you do when you get a call like that? Um. Well, uh, you know, I'll talk to them. I'll find out what their problem is. Uh, really, talk to the parents or talk to the kids. Focus. You know, what are they focused on? And and the thing is that maybe an age where they haven't figured out their purpose. Uh, some of them I haven't gotten calls back, and some of them I get conversations. So some of them I never mm. hear back from the mom or the kid, and I don't know what happened. You know, they got to be ready to change. And other ones, I've I've sat there and taken these kids out to uh, young adults out to lunch. I give them hope. They and the reality is they don't understand themselves. Mm. And the parents, because there's so much lack of certainty outside, a lot of it is the parents are trying to control the kids and tell them where to go. And these kids are like, I don't want to do, I don't want to live the life that you're making me live. And so do you I think that's know, what's changed it? Because, you know, I'm, I just try and reflect that to my childhood. And, yeah, our children live, you know, essentially there's everything the same is there, but they live differently, more attached to their screens. You know, there's more... I just look at it. My kids walk home from school um, from time to time, and it's just not done the done thing anymore. You know, parents are helicopter parents. They're picking up their kids, dropping them off, and no, you can't walk home. It's actually, I think, illegal for our kids to be walking home. And I just think it's damn crazy. Like, we're not giving our kids the authority to learn and, and experience life so they can know and figure out purpose, you know? Well, there's no question about that in Australia. I know the islands, because you're obviously on an island. Islands are very strict. Big bloody island, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's got a big center in there, too. Yeah. And so uh, I know that you guys are, are more strict than where we're at, we are at. So it, it's got to be tough. Yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. But what do you feel like? Is it because, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out purpose, you know, and my whole show is dedicated to that. That's probably why. Um, and, and I think I'm connecting the dots, you know, as I, as I grow older and I guess wiser, I hope wiser, I'm still unwise in many ways, but as I, as I progress, I feel like I'm, it's just fine tuning, constantly fine tuning and it's never going to end. I think I'll be, you know, 60, 80, a hundred, whenever it might end. Um, and still in that part, you know, of progression, but I think I'm starting to be more aligned and I think it's from this, this idea of a spiritual journey, you know? I certainly don't think I would have got here if I didn't start, you know, a mindfulness practice, for example. Well, I think that's definitely the foundation. Yeah. Um, I know no question that my purposes came through prayer. You know, when I was uh, in undergraduate school, I You're was a religious sure man. What's that? You're a religious man. I was raised in religion, but I'm not. I mean, I appreciate religion, but no, yeah. I'm not. I, I was raised Catholic, but I always questioned a lot of the tenets, and of course. Hmm. You know, the answer was, well, that's what the Bible says. Well, that wasn't good enough, right? So no. so once I moved out of the house, then I began my own journey. 
Hmm. But I know my answers came from prayer, but it was my foundation that gave me the confidence in those answers. Like when I was in undergraduate school, I was pre-med, but I didn't want to be a medical doctor. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. But I was, I was praying, what do I do? What do I do? And a chiropractic school sent me a pamphlet. And I got the pamphlet, like, what the heck is this? And I threw it out. Chiropractors don't know anything. And they got a second one. And I threw it out and began. Chiropractors are dumb. And then I got a third one. But I already know spiritually when something happens three times in my life, hmm. God is calling me in that direction. Right. So I went and applied to chiropractic school. I had no idea what it was, but I knew that was the third sign. That's what I was supposed to do. And I went to, into chiropractic school having no idea what chiropractic was. There you go. Follow your intuition. Yeah, and that's it. And writing this book, I, defi- I, I mean, I wrote it a lot through prayer. There was a lot of spiritual downloads where I had visions, and I would start writing, and I would just write many times feverishly for like a half hour or 40 minutes, and then I would go back and read what I just wrote and thought, I did not know that 31 minutes ago. Like, Mm. I I did not have any previous knowledge of what I just wrote. It was totally a divine download. Hmm. So... I think spirituality and your faith is the foundation for everything because no matter, you know, even in today, I mean, we're talking about, you know, you got to be careful about your vocabulary on on podcasts. But, uh, you know, they're talking about the shot and passports and all these things and where's the world really going. But I do know that universal love and God wins. Hmm. So Hmm. I know that we may have to go through some darkness, but there is always light. Light. We always come into the light. Yeah. 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 So that faith lets me know that I can look at what's going on and being a healthcare provider. Yeah. um, It can be very depressing, but I know we're going to get through it and we get to, and the people like you and I, and everybody here, when you take a stand, you, you send out information like what you're doing, that we get the ability to create the new world. Yeah. There will be a new world that's in process. Yeah. And we get to create it. Absolutely. And I think in the individual life in, in societies, uh, you know, a gathering of people, there's always going to be that, that, that challenge, you know. Uh, right. But there's always that light, like you said. Um, this healed system. Talk to us about healed. What is, is it? An acronym? Like what is? What is? It is healed? an acronym. Yes. Is it, it starts with honor God within yourself, and that's principle. Wayne Dyer coined a phrase. He said, "We're not human beings seeking spiritual experiences. We're spirits having a human experience." So, no, so once like that. you, yeah, and I, and I take you through all these exercises and things you can actually feel God's spirit inside you, and then once you get that, then you realize, wow, if we're having a human experience then I can choose. There's a whole spectrum of emotions that we can experience. It gives you a whole new, more powerful insight. Yeah. Because whether you're angry or depressed, I mean, from anywhere from depression or suicide all the way into total bliss, that's part of a human experience. So all of them can be appreciated the same. Mm. The question is, what are you focused on? Mm. So once you get that, then E is exercise loving yourself and others. So once you understand I am divine... My spirit is love, that that fear is learned, love is who you are, and it takes you through all these exercises on and you actually get to experience what is even if you have moments 
of what it's like to, to feel, to love yourself like God loves you. Even if you have moments, if you have moments, you can turn moments into a lifetime hmm. or into a lifestyle. So that was really, that, that chapter changed my life. I mean, it yeah. took me four months to write H and it took me almost a year. So just real quick, when I started that chapter, the first sentence I wrote is if I asked you, if you love you, what would you say? If you love yourself, what would you say? And of course I, you know, writing that, I went, sure, I love myself. You know, of course I think I'm cool, whatever. <laughs> but you said at the start of the interview too, that you struggled with this for personally, didn't you? Like loving yourself, oh, and yeah. having that so, sense of self-compassion. Why do you think that is? Well, it was my human experience. So anyway, the next sentence mm. was, if I asked you, do you love yourself like God loves you? And I yeah. didn't write that. That just came out of me. What would you say? And I wrote that. I put a period at the end of the sentence and I said, I have no idea what that's like. And then I prayed, God, you have to show me, give me a book, give me a teacher. And that mm. one chapter took a year to write because mm. I had to live it to write it. And I became a more clear version of myself. After that, the rest of the book uh, was almost downhill. Yeah, cool. So then A is accepting forgiveness for yourself and others. So once you love yourself, then you can then you learn how to reframe all the experiences in your life. And many of our most painful experiences is leading us to our sole purpose. So watching my wife take her last breath was exponentially the greatest, hardest experience in my life that is exponentially greater and more painful than any other experience. But out of it came this book that will change the lives of millions of people around the world. Hmm. I would probably would not have written this book if I didn't go through that. So you learn that, you know, people say, find what you find, what you love and then do what you love. Hmm. But I love skiing, but I'm not supposed to be a ski instructor. You know, <laughs> I love martial arts, but I'm not going to get in a UFC cage. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And I, I, you know, I talk about passion in, in, in a lot of my, um, talks and, um, you know, finding your passion and, and doing that as your, your occupation. But I don't, yeah, I don't, I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't have to be, you can be passionate about you or you're obviously very passionate about what you do. Yeah. For a career. Yes. Oh, definitely. And you love it. But before you loved it, you didn't know that love was there for it. You knew you loved skiing because you did that, but you know, you have to sometimes get into things and try different things to really find that passion too. Well, and people say, find what you're passionate about and that's your purpose. And like what we're saying, find your purpose and you'll become passionate. Yeah. I had no idea what chiropractic was, but that's my life. Yeah. And so. even even in your early days of the career, maybe, you know, you had that, that passion at the start and most people do when you start something new and then that can sort of fade away, can't it? But um you grow it as you find more purpose with what you do. And you've obviously done that transitioning to helping people now heal. Yeah, there's no question. So, you know, I, I, and that's later in the chapter. Anyway, L is living in now. So I'll get to the second E L is living in now. When you, when you get rid of all the emotional energy, you have presence you come into present time and then you quiet all the emotional noise in your head. And then you can hear the whispers of your intuition that are guiding you and then the next one is establish your purpose and mission. And that's what we're talking about now. And a lot of times your purpose can be something you hate. Hmm. Like I, I wouldn't say hate, but 
uh, I will use the word hate. I hate sex trafficking. So I'm going to take, you know, when this gets off the ground, I'm going to take money and devote it to people that are trying to eliminate sex trafficking. You know, I, I don't like addiction. That's a big problem. We're going to create a whole branch of healed to help addicts, which I've already done. Yeah. So, so, you know, you take a woman that's been raped. I was actually talking to a woman the other day, went through a highly abusive, physically abusive marriage. And now she helps abused women get out of the house and get out of those relationships and start a new life. So many times our purpose comes from our greatest pain, which is why we go through it. Yeah. So I interviewed this other woman that uh, grew up sexually and physically abused on our on our podcast, Resurrecting Our Freedom. Yeah. And, um, you know, she looked back and now that's what she does. She helps abuse women. But yeah. it was interesting. By the end of the time she told her story, she goes, I wouldn't trade one second of that abuse because I'm doing what I do now. Yeah. That's amazing, huh? That's fulfillment. I, I was just talking to a, a friend of mine last night about this and – you know, I've had a, a fairly bloody good upbringing, to be honest, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there that haven't. And I was just, I was asking him, and we were discussing it. You know, there's some people like I look at Tony Robbins, and he had an abusive upbringing with his mother, and he he's he's exactly the same. He says, you know, that's the best thing that happened to me, and I'm grateful for that. You know, she didn't know any better; she did the best she knew what to do with, um, and it wasn't great, but it made him who he is today, and helping you know millions as well. Do you think that's something that people just get lucky with or unlucky with, like going through that conditioning and either coming at the other end a victor or a victim? Well, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with luck because when you go back to honor God within yourself, hmm. uh, I believe we came in with the knowledge, spiritual knowledge of what we were going to go through. We don't have the cognitive knowledge in our human experience. Yeah. You know, I'm sure when he was struggling for food and being abused, he didn't see himself doing what he's doing today. No. But it certainly gave, you know, when he went and he talks about his mentor, Jim Rohn. So when he finally went to that seminar and it tapped into his purpose and then, I mean, talk about passion. You know, when you look at his schedule, my God, how he even does what he does. He's superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the power of inspiration, right? Right. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's fascinating. So when people are looking for their purpose, yeah. again, I, I'm just repeating this. Don't look for what you love. Sometimes you got to look for what's that thing that's nagging you. And a lot of times when you're saying someone should do something about that. But then you find you keep yourself you find yourself saying the same thing. Someone should do something about that. Maybe that's you. Hmm. Maybe that's your purpose. And also when you look at when there's something that bothers you, but it's so big that it's scary, that's probably your purpose. If you get scared by it, that's yeah. telling you it's your purpose. Yeah. You may have no idea how to do it. But if you're faithful, God will show you. He's already ahead of you paving the path. And that's where spirituality and faith becomes not your crutch, but becomes the, <laughs> a better path, in my opinion. Well, it's just aligning the consciousness and subconscious with, with the, the direction. You know, once you plant that seed, 
um, it will grow. Exactly. I, I talk to a lot of our clients. I'm in real estate myself, and and you know at the moment it's a challenge. You can sell for a, a fairly quick time frame and for a good price, but finding property to go into is very difficult. And and I sound a bit spiritual when I say this to clients, but I'm just like, you know what? Once you make a decision that you're selling and you start you know putting the the things in place, things will align itself, and it's likely that you will find the right home, and you will find a home that you know will work in time with selling your home. And I don't know if everyone can accept that, but I, I believe it's it's not just hippy dippy, you know, doodah. It's actual fact. Once you start making a decision, your subconsciously starts preparing you for what's to come, and then you will find those opportunities. Well, yeah, and now they're actually turning that into a science called quantum physics, right? There actually is a science. Hmm. And then you're learning about epigenetics, learning how your belief systems can change your genetics and turn on or turn off genes you know when people say something's genetic well that could be related to your belief systems right 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 it's crazy eh? yeah well and a lot of things because people being a healthcare provider Hmm. you know you'll see health patterns in families yes and a it's related to their spinal structure and b it's related to their beliefs their diets their lifestyle so you know you follow genetic patterns uh, also you're, you've also adopted, have, have belief systems wired in your subconscious mind that you're not even aware of. Yeah. And, and, you know, they talk about trauma being passed through generations as well. Right. You know, and that's just crazy to understand as well. Talk to me about this spine. You're talking about a lot of our, um, yeah, just talk to us about the spine. You mentioned spine there. Well, your spine is and nervous system are the foundation of health and life in your body. Okay. Um, because you have a spinal cord that goes down the middle of your spine, and the spinal cord carries energy from the brain to all the organs. So if your spine or posture is out of alignment, it causes stress to the spinal cord and shuts down the energy. So when you're not getting as much energy through your spinal cord, your organs aren't getting as much energy, right. and they will get sick. And so there's actually a book. I took a bunch of medical research. Hmm. It's called Back to Health. You can get it at Elite Coaching LLC, E-L-I-T-E Coaching LLC.com. Yeah. And you can just order it there. And it took a bunch of medical research because there's a whole new science that you're not seeing on CNN these days. It's called neuroimmunology. Right. Your immune system is directly related to your nervous system. Yep. And so – and all the organs are. So when you have – the more your spine is out of alignment, the higher the probability you're going to have not only chronic pain and lead to disability, but there's a high correlation and relationship between autoimmune disease, cancers, digestive problems, uh, weakened immune system, allergies, lung problems, asthma. And this is all researched in even a shortened lifespan. Right. This is all researched by medical doctors. Medical mm. doctors are showing the relationship between posture, spinal structure, the function of your spinal cord, and and your relationship to your overall health and lifespan. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, so what do we what do we do? What do we do to ensure that we've got a you know more well, number one? How do we figure out if we've got a good posture or not? I guess that's through just aches and pains. But how can, how can we do this to to not yeah, I guess preventative, you know, what can we do? Exercise? 
Uh, well, it's not exercise. It's really going to a chiropractor, a very specific chiropractor, because there's yeah. lots of chiropractors that don't take x-rays. There's chiropractors that adjust the spine that don't know how to correct spinal structure because your spine has an optimal structure. And in that optimal structure, your spinal cord works magnificently and will heal a disease. So there's a very particular type of technique I work with it's called yeah. chiro uh, chiropractic biophysics. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so if you go to a CBP doctor, you can go to idealspine.com or go to other doctors that specifically have programs that do pre and post x-rays that have programs that will change your spinal structure. If you want, if you want to learn more about it, seriously, gang, and I appreciate this is go to Elite Coaching LLC and get the Back to Health book because that'll show you all the research and mm. it'll show you how to find a doctor in your area that does these things. That's great. Yeah. Well, and the whole thing is now the whole world is stressed because they're having an outside-in form of healthcare. Yeah. In other words, they think there's a virus that can destroy their health and there's people... You know, what's interesting is the same people that die of a flu are, di are dying of SARS-CoV-2 and the Delta variant. Because when we look, at least in America and in, in countries in Europe, the average age of death is two to three years higher than the average lifespan in that country. Say that again. The average age of death of COVID yeah. is two to three years higher than the average lifespan in that country. In other words, in America, hmm. the average age of death of COVID is 82. Yep. The average lifespan is 78. Right. So it's showing you the people that are dying are already diagnosed with life-threatening diseases. Hmm. Now, they say, well, there's young people that are dying they did a bunch of autopsies in Italy, and when they autopsied these people in their 40s that seemed healthy, they found undiagnosed diseases, undiagnosed autoimmune, undiagnosed cancers. Because you can go through a decade of having cancer forming in your body. You know, we all hear, well, you know, I've been getting these chronic stomach aches or headaches or whatever, and then they go to a doctor, and it's like, you got a stage four brain tumor. Or you have you have cancer throughout your whole colon, hmm. you know. So these diseases form without symptomatology, and this is one of the things you know. I teach PowerPoint workshop we give to doctors. The most common sign of disease is fatigue. That's right. one of the one of the most common signs that something's going on in your body is your energy is not the same. You could have no pain. But you notice, man, my energy is depleted. Hmm. I, I don't feel the same as I used to. That is a sign that something is going on in your body. It's yeah. not pain. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, there's a little mini chiropractic workshop right there. That's so cool. <laughs> Very insightful, Dr. Fred. Love it. And it's well, interesting and I, about the whole COVID thing too. You know, that's that's just some valid points there. Well, yeah, and I mean, I've done podcasts with doctors. I know a lot about the vaccination. I mean, we're not going to get into it on this podcast because no, I'd like your thoughts. What, what's this? Um, what are your thoughts on the vaccinations? Well, my thoughts are the people that are getting vaccinated don't understand it. So, and here's and there's a huge contradiction hmm. because first of all, 
the survival rate up to 60 years old is 99.98. Yeah. So there really shouldn't be anybody getting vaccinated under 60. The next thing is they've created, it's an mRNA vaccination. Now, many people don't know what that is. So messenger RNA, the job of RNA is to go into the cell to tell DNA what to do. That's your yeah. genetics. So if you create a synthetic RNA, that means it's not man-made. A, your body's already going to react against it because your natural immune system is going to see it as foreign. Then it's going to create a synthetic DNA, which now your immune system is going to see that DNA as foreign. And now it's going to start attacking your own genetics. And that sets you up for autoimmune disease. And then the hmm. purpose of the DNA is to create these spike proteins and antibodies that are actually superhuman antibodies. But they're only specific for the alpha form, the first form of SARS-CoV-2. So that means they're superhuman antibodies. They will only recognize, so they don't even see the Delta variant. So this is all Greek, right? Uh, alpha, Delta, I don't know what C is. Yeah. But we're in Delta, then you know, it goes up to Gamma and all these other versions. Capital. But it won't recognize mm. them. Mm. Now, your natural immune system has nonspecific antibodies. I mean, they can fight Alpha, Beta, Delta. They can fight anything. They can fight all the forms of influenza. They can fight HAV. They can fight anything. Yeah. But because they're massively – now the DNA is producing a very specific superhuman antibody – that actually suppresses your natural non-specific antibodies that you're, the people that get vaccinated are the ones that are going to be getting sick because now you suppress your natural immune system. You can only fight one type of virus, which leaves you susceptible to every other type of infection that you're going to get. Poof. And so what you're seeing is the majority of these people that are getting sick and hospitalized, I think it was Massachusetts, all 87% of the hospitalizations, at least in America, were, were vaccinated people. Uh, they had another state, 47%. Uh, there was another state, I, I, I'm, I apologize, I didn't know the states. 75% of the hospitalizations are already vaccinated. So the vaccinated people are the ones causing the problem because they don't have the same antibodies that unvaccinated people do. Jeez. So when they're saying now in America, sorry to go on. I'll just, no, no, this is I asked. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it's informing. Well, we have about 150 million people out of 330 million. 150 million have been vaccinated. Yeah. So you're seeing those percentages of hospitalizations are consistent with the vaccination rate or even more meaning more people that are vaccinated are getting sick than the unvaccinated people, or it's minimally consistent with the vaccination percentage. Yeah. So there's Crazy. a little bit of science that those are very dangerous vaccinations. And what we're going to see in two to three years. I'm guessing you're not vaccinated, Dr. Fred. What's that? Oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What you, so what are we going to see? Three to four years? More people getting Three sick? Three to four years, you're going to see autoimmune diseases massively rise because you can't have synthetic DNA and not create a response in your body. I mean, we mm. pray. There are a bunch of placebo vaccinations. 
Of course, not 100% of the people are going to react this way, but people don't realize what they're seeding their body for. Yeah, yeah. And so my recommendation is if you have gotten one, the people that react the most are the ones, the more shots you get, the higher probability that you're going to have a problem down the road or immediately. Mm. Wow. And they're, they're talking about trialing it on, you know, kids now. Like the In Australia, they, they had an article recently wrote, and I didn't read it all, but, you know, trialing the Moderna, is it? Moderna vaccination? Right. On, and kids, and I was just like, what? You can't do that. It's crazy. Well, I did this video that was taken off YouTube in about 10 minutes, but it had 15 whys. And so these are contradictions. And, and so one of the whys is related to this is, if kids are not a means of transmission, the CDC even admitted kids do not spread the virus, and they even published an article, and we don't even know why. So kids are not a means of transmission up to 20 years old, then why would they be vaccinated? Hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole nother, I mean, deep reason why we don't need to get into this podcast. But um, yeah. so there's tons of contradictions. Mm. that are all based on follow the money. Yeah. And then, you know, people will accuse you of being a conspiracist or, you know, things like that. And I just think it's 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 creating a really divided culture. And, and that's what I really struggle to handle is how now they've, they've created this culture, this divide, us versus them, all about the virus that, you know, is very confusing and, and to a lot of people just doesn't make any sense, like the contradictions out there. Um. And I, I think that's just going to be very bad for culture. And then this dictatorship of now it's almost mandatory to have a vaccination if you want to travel, if you want to go to work, uh, you know, potentially send your kids to school. Everyone will have to have this vaccination. Not only well, that, it's this tracking as well. Like we have to check in everywhere we go and wear masks. Like, you know, I don't know if it's the way to go forward. Well, Here's the bottom line that I would encourage everybody to really contemplate this, and that is there's so many contradictions, but truth has no contradiction. Hmm. Truth is truth. The fact that there's so much contradiction shows you that there isn't truth in what's going on. Yeah. There is another agenda. Now, and I'll just add this one thing. The minute they came out with watch out for COVID and SARS-CoV-2 in January 2020 or December, as soon as they said it was from a bat, I knew it was man-made. Because in nature, viruses don't jump species. A bat can never, uh, is not going to, to create a virus that will cause an epidemic. Now, if a bat bites you, you may get rabies but you're not going to get an epidemic of rabies. That individual will get rabies. So they can transfer an infection, but they can't create an epidemic. Hmm. And for That's an good. animal virus to infect a human, it has to be genetically manufactured. So they can create an infection in your blood, but, to, but, but it can't create an epidemic like this in a bat virus that infects a bat like like if you if your dog gets sick, does any human being ever think my dog's sick, but I'm going to get sick too because my dog's sick? Hmm. Or do you automatically innately know that I can't get sick if my dog is sick? Yeah, yeah, good point. 
Yeah, because that's because, you know, viruses don't jump species. Mm. In order to jump species, they have to be genetically manufactured. So as soon as I saw there's a bat creating an epidemic in humans, I already knew there's another agenda. There's something else going on. Hang on to your shorts because we're going to go through a lot of stuff. Mm. Mm. Where do you see it going? Well, it's where it's already going. You know, they want to get the whole globe vaccinated for, I mean, I mean, we know the bigger reasons, but I'm not going to get into it now. Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be forcing it. Why would they have to force it? And it's illegal for a government, even though even though they say we have power in an epidemic. If they don't create an epidemic, then the government doesn't have power. Yeah. So another big controversy is epidemics are never measured in cases. They're measured in deaths. Yeah. So in 2019, 1, 1.4 million people died of tuberculosis. How come we never heard of it? Hmm. In America, every year, a hundred, a 35 million people every year are diagnosed with influenza. How come that's not an epidemic? Hmm. Hmm. 60 to 80,000 people die every year of flu, the same people that are dying of COVID. Yeah. So there's, again, there's no contradiction in truth unless there's another agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be victim to another agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes you want to delve into it a bit more, doesn't it? Um, it's interesting stuff. We've delved way off the path of your book. Apologies for that, but it's very interesting anyway. Um, Dr. Fred, where, where do people reach you and how do they find you and your work? I'll, I'll stick a link to um, your website in here and uh, in your book as well. You've got um, youaremorepowerful.com. Is that right? Yes, sir. Is there and any other? If you want back to health, go to elite, E-L-I-T-E, coaching, LLC. Com. And I didn't mean to get off on all that COVID stuff, but I do think it's very important that people question, don't just follow. And the whole premise of this whole thing is when you're spiritually grounded and you know what's inside of you is bigger, that if you doubt everything, anything that's outside of you, follow your gut, follow your intuition. Mm. So I did this t- this uh, spiritual video, I just want to say this one last thing, is if you have a feeling in your gut, gut is a very visceral response. Your gut tells you when to stay away from something. Your gut is related to survival. So if you feel something in your gut, your gut is telling you no. Hmm. If you feel something in your heart, that's spirit and more God related. If you feel a warmth in your heart, then that's yes. So it's, it's listen to your gut, follow your heart and, um, and then act on your mind or to use your mind. Use your mind. So, so, uh, what did I say? Sorry. Listen to your gut, follow your heart, use your mind. Now, if your mind and your gut are in conflict, then then, then follow your gut, listen to your gut because your gut is telling you no. Your mind is trying to justify and make things easier in your life. So sometimes your what your gut's going to tell you may be mm. the hard thing, but yeah. it's the right thing. Mm. So good. 
Love it all. Love it all, mate. Very insightful, very inspiring um, conversation today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. And sometimes I tell people, you got to be careful what questions you ask. Otherwise, I might go off for a while. <laughs> no, but it's so good. And that's why I love what I do in the show, you know, because um, this is the power of conversation. And I, I just going back to your point, like this whole Bitcoin thing, if we go on a different tangent again, but, um, you know, I was looking into it and I probably didn't spend enough time looking into it, um, but it seemed like everyone was doing it. So I, that's why I was looking into it. And then someone said to me, if you can't invest at least 30 hours of your time understanding it and, and all the different currencies that are out there, like 30 hours, then don't just go putting your money into it. Um, and I had this, this gut feeling, this heart feeling, this mind feeling going on, like you said, and I didn't want to invest 30 hours into it. Um, for that reason, I just had to go, look, I'm not going to go forward and, and do anything further because I don't understand it. I'm not willing to invest the time into it. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's right to me. So those reasons made my decision not to go any further. And I think that'd be the same way with getting a vaccination. If you're not prepared to do the research and really understand it, why would you go out and get a jab in the arm? Exactly. You know, and if it doesn't feel right in your gut, why would you go out and get the jab in your arm? And that's where I'm at. You know, it's crazy. Anyway, very insightful, mate. Really appreciate your time today. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I would love to have you, uh, we have a, you're more powerful Facebook page. So I love to have guests that are out there fulfilling their sole purpose. So I'll contact you because I would love to have you as a guest and put you into our group and That'd be awesome, mate. our group yep. to you as well. Cool. Cool. I'd love to do it. Let's do it. And yeah. guys, um, check it out. The hiddenwide.com, all the links, show notes, the book, um, will be in there as well. So check it out and until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. Have a great day. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon